would I would agree that the VA doctors are probably one of the best. But yeah. At the, at the same time, though, it it takes a lot to make healthcare good. And yeah. if you're just going, I mean, you could go off the doctors, but if it's not accessible, if you got to wait two months to see a doctor, yeah, that affects the overall. Well, yeah, you know, so it it, it takes two months to see a therapist. If I could see that therapist every two weeks, it would be great. Yeah. But I I can't. Or, I mean, they got two. Yeah, they got two things going for them. They got pretty good doctors, and they got it's free. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. those two things, I don't know if they. Because it's time sensitive. A lot of the veteran issues. A lot. I mean, of most, course it is. As the yeah, as the numbers show, it's it's a lot of suicide, and that's a time sensitive thing. So if anything, I I don't know if I would. So pay more to on see one side, it's absolutely fantastic, and on the other side, it's absolutely horrendous, man. I mean, right? Yeah. Well, it yeah, troubles yeah. me because it's got yeah. such an upside potential. Because like with healthcare, you can have, you know, it's it's cost accessibility and um quality so they already got the quad the cost problem solved so it's really yeah. just like and most like healthcare just like systems can only do two of those three right yeah but we have healthcare that's free so all that they need to do is make it good quality and accessible right so right 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 that's what troubles me is i know that they can be better but, but the problem so yeah. so I don't know if you gentlemen realize like years, a few years ago, probably going on maybe close to 10 years at this point now, but I lived in Arizona uh, back in the day when Arizona was literally there. The VA facility in Phoenix was like literally rated the worst in the country because people were dying, right? Like the waiting, the wait, people needed medical, which is where all these uh, new implementations and trying to expedite the process. And if you can't get an appointment with this at a certain time, then we'll send you out. I mean, that's where all that came from is because people were just dying. Now, I don't know what, how many of those patients were, were, you know, unfortunately the, the sensitive subject of suicide. I don't know if what areas they were, but if they knew that there was a problem then, why can't they fix the problem now? in terms yeah. of this it's the same it's problem seen, right and it's been the same problem yeah. for a while now and it's i mean i'm sure you could get the funding i don't doubt that it's the course you get this funding man you can yeah, print money so, dude do yeah, you guys so, know that the, the va has like or the va itself you can look it up but the the government the dod itself has probably like a trillion dollar budget a year right you know, uh, and that's spread across everything, VA, healthcare, all that good stuff, military, maybe even more than a trillion. I'm sure they can find probably, you know, I, I don't know what it would cost, but $20 million to start to help veterans, Yeah. you know, I, I don't know. Them, that's but, like a nickel. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really, I don't know. Again, I'm not, I'm not in the finance department there. I don't know who's making those decisions. Um, but, but even myself, right? Like when I go to the doctor, they want me to go. There's a, a clinic near me that's about 10 minutes away, 15 minutes away. Or I go to the main one in Miami, which is about 45 minutes away. Yeah. So I generally go to the little one to do blood work. And they don't even want me going there anymore. Yeah. Right. Of course not. Right. Because it's too easy. It's like, well, you want to help. I was like, listen, I, you guys, that's not like. I'm the worst person to do this because I don't take no for an answer. And I said, listen, that's on you guys. I'm coming here for my blood work. You guys do whatever you need to do. I'm not going to go 45 minutes out of my way. 
ultimately it was because I'm, I'm totally permanently disabled, 100 percent. I had a, a vaccination that shut my kidneys down. Right. So Whoa. that was and we can get into the I mean, that's really yeah. what we want to get into. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know what that what that did to me mentally um, and, and what I needed to do in order to overcome that that self-pity and that that, you know, my life is over sort of nonsense. Right. Because that's really what it's all about, how I overcame anxiety and in, in, in that in that in that trauma of dealing with the medical issues, uh, because, you know, I never was in battle. Right. So. Um, but the medical issues really kind of screwed my head up for a while. Yeah. And once you start having anxiety and you have PTSD, um, because I, I don't really like to call what I had PTSD. I had I had I got anxiety from medical. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my kidney shut down. Uh, I probably should have been dead in Korea. Like my blood pressure was so high and it was the middle of monsoon season. This was 2003. I'd been there. I got there a month. And then within a month after getting there, I, I started getting these crazy symptoms. Right. And ultimately what led to me getting out of there was, you know, I couldn't run, even though I just come out of basic. I, my head felt like it was going to explode. I had no energy. It was just a huge. Ultimately, what happened was I was doing Taekwondo and I felt dizzy. And again, this is in the middle of monsoon season where it's 90 degrees of heat with 100 percent humidity. Nonsense. Right. So I had to I went to ultimately what happened was I, I developed a blurry spot on my eye and it didn't go away for about a week. So what happened was um, I went to sick call, right, to find out if I had a friggin' brain tumor or something, because that's generally the only thing I heard that you can have vision problems. Well, they took my blood pressure, man. And my blood pressure resting was like 220 over 80. Hell yeah. Right. So they were like, Scott, you, you need to sit down. Cause you're literally about to die. Like that's what the nurse told me. And I was like, why is that a, is that bad? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I have no idea. So, yeah. so think about this now. Those symptoms were because my blood pressure, because my kidneys had failed. Right. Like little signs, like cramping up, like for 30 seconds at a time when I woke up, having, you know, clear urine when I didn't drink a lot of water, having a massive headaches all the time, having that not being able to run. All of these were little symptoms that were adding up to the fact that what happened was ultimately my blood. Pre- I mean, Jesus, when I was running in that heat, man, my blood pressure had to be probably close to 300. Yeah, you know Your what I mean, like, man. Like, just kill me right like now. just waiting, dude. I was just yeah. waiting. My body's just waiting to be like, yeah, you're done. Have a great day. You're done. Yeah. But All what happened? Luckily, yeah, man. Luckily, what happened? I say luckily, but I had an aneurysm and popped the blood oh. vessel in the back of my eye. Right. Lucky me. Yeah. That's what made me go in because I'm sitting there, and this is how crazy your you know sergeants are and and military. Like, listen, Sergeant, I can't run. I'm like, my head's about to explode. My left arm is going numb. He's going, yeah, don't worry about it. So's mine. You know, it's the heat. And I'm like, okay, well, hell, no problem then, right? Yeah, have a cigarette. Yeah, like, meanwhile, I'm dying over here, and I had no idea. So, so. (laughs) Good Lord. Yeah, brother. So, you know, you go into sickbay, and I'm like, oh, this other guy's going to, you know, they, they. So they send in a Blackhawk, and I'm thinking there's a stretcher coming in. I'm like, oh, it must be for this guy. 
Meanwhile, it's for me. You know, I'm not thinking that there's anything really wrong with me. Blood pressure's high, whatever. But yeah, as soon as they took my blood pressure, man, that was October maybe 18th in 2003, a month before my, no, actually like what, a week before my birthday? Yeah, they medevac me right up to Seoul. Three days later, they did some tests, found out my kidneys failed. My blood pressure was through the roof. They they medevac me on, on a plane with a with an officer, with the captain, back to Walter Reed Army Medical Center, man, and and that was it. You wow. know? And you know that nurse like was like not freaking out in front of you, and then went to the back like room. It was like, yeah, like, gonna like die. yeah, like uh, guys, uh, listen, this guy's a uh, code red imminent, <laughs> and uh, yeah, code whatever. Yeah. About to die right now. So yeah, so yeah, so wow. I didn't even go, I didn't even get back to my barracks. I didn't get back to anything. That was it, man. I was I was in that 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 facility. I was in the the the. I was in Seoul. They might have because I was in Humphreys at the time, right? I was okay. in. Town. So I was down there in Sigan. Um, yeah, they medevac me up to, to Seoul, man. And then two days later, I was on a plane back to the States. So, you know, the funny thing is people are going, oh, you're going to Walter Reed. You're so lucky. I'm like, how am I lucky? <laughs> like, like yeah. I'm lucky? I'm dying? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, they missed the big picture, you know? Yeah. So, oh, man. So anyway, yeah. I'm excited to get into it. We'll launch our Yeah, yeah get, get into it, man. Started. Because I got... Great experiences from Walter Reed. It really woke yeah. me up, man. Yeah, let's do it. For military health, so. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 55. We got Scott here. Scott, how you doing today, man? Fantastic, gentlemen. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Great to meet you both. Yeah, I'm very excited to get into this one, man. Kevin, how you feeling? Better than you. No, I'm good, dude. Nice and overcast here in uh, Tennessee. So, but I'm excited to get into this, dude. Yeah, yeah uh, my I'm friend just went here. to Tennessee. Went on went on a bourbon trek out there. Oh, yeah. it, it looks like go. It looks like twilight. Like there's a filter <laughs> or something outside. No, oh, really? Yeah, I, I could I'll use a laugh. I tell you what. I tell you what. I get out there to Tennessee. You're gonna have to te- You're gonna have to show me around all the best distilleries. Oh, dude. And uh, we can go to Broadway, too. Are you married? Yeah, I would love that. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. <laughs> are you married? Are you married? I am not. No, man. I'm oh, single. dude. Oh, Broadway yeah. is the place to be. <laughs> Yo, yeah. That's what are you doing you're so- in Miami. What are you doing this Sunday? Hell. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. I look forward yeah. to it. Definitely. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'll be heading out to Chicago here in a little bit and driving back. So I'll get to see Kevin. Hopefully, our next show is in person. We're working on that. Hopefully, he got something nice. good for us. Yeah, um, nice. ran into a friend. Just a real quick funny story. Our last episode with Carlos uh, posted it. And right after I posted, maybe an hour after, I got a text message from a buddy I met before the military. He said, dude, you just had my boy Carlos on. I had no idea they knew each other. This dude lives like oh, four wow. five minutes away. Yeah. Small and uh, Yeah, so now he's trying to come on, and we got perhaps a second sponsor, which is a bourbon, Second Amendment bourbon. Hell yeah. So, That'll be pretty cool. We'll see what happens through that, but that's uh that's next week. Now we got Scott on. Scott, man, I um I'm curious. I like to go through what made people go into the army because it kind of it kind of prefaces the mental health issues that come after. Because so so for me, when I was getting medically discharged, it seems similar to your story. Mm. Um, the medical is what messed with my brain the most. That's what like 
started right. making me think, all right, do, do I have other problems from the military? And it, that, right. that was kind of like the trigger to, to right. get everything going. And the biggest problem I had dealing with all of that and getting medically discharged was I, I wanted to do this for 20 years. This My plan right. was to do this for 20 years. So right. I'm curious what, what kind of led you into the military and what were your thoughts going in? You know, actually, this is a, this is a, a the ultimate decider of what triggered me is, is actually a movie, believe it or not. So um, I was, a, I was working as a stockbroker in New York, right? So um, I went right to work out of school, didn't go to college, went right to work, um, started in, in the financial industry on wall street uh, with a, with a friend of mine at his brokerage firm, his small brokerage firm. So that's how I got into finance originally. Uh, and wall then, street over here, man, wall street over here. Correct. man. <laughs> and, uh, cause I'm from Jersey, you know? Okay. Um, and I grew up with a bunch of blue collar guys, the truckers, the plumbers, uh, you know, my mom's family, they were all white collar people, but my fathers were all blue collar people. I got a bunch of friends that just worked, work hard, that hustle, that make great money. And, you know, I'll believe it or not, some of the most successful guys on Wall Street that I knew growing up were the kids from Brooklyn and New York and Jersey that that just hustled. You know, they weren't highly educated, but they just knew how to hustle and they made a lot of money doing that. So, I mean, that was that was a great thing. But ultimately what happened was 9-11. So. 9-11 happened and I knew people in the World Trade Center. Um, I had just moved back to New Jersey from New York. And, you know, I didn't really think about joining the army at that point. Uh, actually, I'm lying to you. I did because what happened was, <laughs> sorry, but let, me, let me back that up. I had thought about it at that point. Uh, because of Gladiator, believe it or not. So, so I was sitting here on Wall Street uh, you know, wheeling and dealing and making a great living. And then, you know, I got a shock of guilty conscience when I saw Gladiator. And I'm, you know, it really <laughs> sounds crazy, but I sat there and I, I saw that movie, man. And that movie really affected me because it's like, wow, you know, what an amazingly honorable guy that this guy is. And even though the movie is based on somewhat reality, the person that this, this story is based on somewhat reality, but there's got to be somebody out there that did like, like this. And that's just truly inspirational to me. The honor that this guy had and the integrity that this guy had really. That rough pro movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really, uh, it really helped, um, motivate me. I said, you know what, man, I'm, I'm going to do something honorable with my life. I have to, I was like, you know, I, I love the world trade centers. I used to love going to the restaurant in the world, windows on the world, the world trade center. Um, it, it, it's an amazing, amazing place. When I used to go into New Jersey, uh, go from New Jersey to, uh, to New York in the mornings around seven o'clock in the morning, the, the, the world trade centers were absolutely sun kissed. You know, they, um, they look like two gold bars. They're beautiful. The buildings just lit up gold, man. And that's those a two view. Like it's a view gold. we never saw. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can look up pictures of them, and it looks incredible. But that's what I got to view, and and you know, um, 
Plus, I knew people in the World Trade Center, like a lot of people did, because there was a lot of people in those trades. <laughs> and, and, and I took it personally. So so that's that's ultimately at 28 years old, I joined the army. Um, however, I didn't mean to join the army. I meant to join the Marines. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? So I went to Morristown. I said, you know what? Who's got the bad, most badass looking uniform? Marines, without a yep. doubt. Right? Yep. Marines got the bad most. I said, you know what? I'm going to be a Marine. Recruiter stood me up. So oh. you know how the in most of those recruiting stations, you have all of them in, in the same place, right? Yeah. So of course, the, the army recruiters. There was a couple of a couple of sergeants over there, and they, you know, all of a sudden start whispering sweet nothings into your ear. And what are you looking to do? And I said, look, man, I want a top secret security clearance. I want to go DOD, Homeland Security, FBI, CIA, something intelligence wise after this to really to really you know help this country out. That's what my goal was. So I became ultimately at first they were talking to me about a CIA counterintelligence agent, which sounded fantastic. However, when I went to go, uh, when I went to MEPS, there were, well, there was nothing available, but there was SIGINT and they were paying a, at the time it was a six year, $12,000 bonus. I said, yeah, that sounds right. fantastic. Right. So SIGINT, signals intelligence was basically the military arm of the NSA. All right. So that's what we did. So. You know, writing reports to the, the director of the NSA, potentially to the president of the United States. Those, that sounded pretty cool to me. You know, signals intelligence. Um, spy kind of shit. Excuse my language. Yeah. I don't know if I'm yeah, gonna, that sounds here, like but. some Men in Black type shit right there. Yeah, that was, that's really cool, man. It's what the NSA does, basically. You know what I mean? Like that, that metadata, analyzing those data streams and what the hell people are saying and why they're saying. So I was trained in opposing forces. I was trained to listen to communicate, listen to Korean communication. I think some of this is, I think this is, this is eligible to be spoken to. Um, uh, I think it's been long enough. I can, I can release some of it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So we basically listened to the Korean communications and wrote reports on what they were doing. Were they doing live fire training? Were they doing, uh, you know, uh, their pattern communications, is what we were looking for. We were looking for pattern communications. What are they saying? How do what, what does that mean? This is the North Koreans, I assume. <clears throat> yeah, correct, correct. So we worked closely with what are called katuses, which are the Korean soldiers. They basically translated and, and we oh, wrote okay. those reports. Bayon, you know, flash op override and reports on what the hell they were doing. Yeah, so you weren't speaking Korean. Yeah, I was no. going to say, I thought they had their <laughs> no. own language in North Korea. No, they, they. I wasn't speaking Korean. I actually wanted <laughs> to get a language, right? So my yeah. goal was to go to, to the Monterey language. The, 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 what is it? Uh, Defense Language Institute, DLI, right? Yeah, in Monterey, California. So anyway, so um, that's, that, that's, that's where I, that's how I ended up getting getting into the military basically yeah. so yeah that's wow yeah, yeah somebody yeah. older well, luckily there was one guy that was older than me by like four years and so they used to be so they used to call him old man river not me so <laughs> you know because i mean i was 10 years older than the average 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 kid there so i'm curious but, to look at the uh like the recruitment and yeah the recruitment rate after 9-11 versus before because it we've had a couple people on the show now that that was that was the trigger all right i'm going in yeah, yeah. that was i mean i was 
18 when I decided, 19 when I decided, 2017, 2016. Mm-hmm. And that was a factor for me, too. That was 15 years later. And I still was thinking, oh, 9-11, I want to go over there because of that. It's still I, right. it doesn't right. feel right, you know. No, it doesn't, man. You know, my drill yeah. sergeant used to make fun of me because I entered a little bit over, you know, uh, BMI. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> guilty, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, so, but I, I will say this, my, luckily, you know, they, they, they weren't hard on me as they, because they weren't as hard on me. They gave me a break because of my age, because of my, my experience. And remember how you go in, I don't know if you guys did this, but they make you within like the first couple of weeks write a real an essay on why you joined. So, oh, that's pretty cool. We didn't get to do so, Yeah, not yeah, us. So, yeah. they they knew that I joined from a lucrative career and gave up a finance career to join. So, they had mad respect for me for that, you know. Yeah, my drill sergeant, <laughs> my drill sergeant, and they were like, you know, he's hard, hardcore infantry guys, like, you know, Valenti, like, you know, you know. You can't PT for shit, but I respect the hell out of why you joined. But man, yeah, so it was, he had respect for me, but you know, I had to get my PT up there, man. And I yeah. finally earned his respect when I lost crazy weight, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I lost a couple pounds in basically. Yeah, training. man, I lost oh, like, brother. I got down to the thinnest I'd ever been. I was down to like 162 at five. Wow. Which was thin for me, man. Yeah. So he was like, you got skinny as hell, Valenti, my drill sergeant used to say. So, yeah. So, I, you know, that made me proud, man. You know, that made yeah. me very proud. Yeah. I would yeah. think it would be pretty obvious why most people would join right after 9-11. Like, yeah, you would think. Yeah, why you had to write those, yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't – like some people, especially like in mid-America, they don't have a lot of – you know, there's not a whole lot of opportunity, especially in these small farming communities. Like it's not like Miami where you can go out and get a, a service job just about anywhere, right, make yeah. a living in Miami doing it. But – you know, a lot of these people don't really have a whole lot to come from sometimes. And the military is, is a great, a great way for them to get to the next level. Yeah. And so a lot of people join out of necessity, you know, um, and a lot of people join because of uh, legacy and because they want those benefits of the GI Bill and all those, those good things as well. So, yeah, that, that was kind of my thing is that yeah. I needed, a, I wanted the benefits and then I also wanted to start something that my kids would see and make them want to join. Like, right. I, legacy. I, you yeah. want to start the legacy. Right. Exactly. Like right. I, got, my, I didn't really have it as like my dad wasn't in my uncle was, and my grandpa was for a little bit, but yeah. my dad never went in and I was like, you know what? My my brothers aren't going to do it. My sisters, I don't want my sister to do it. So I guess guess it's me. And so I went in and I I had a great time until the, uh, yeah, the medical discharge paper showed up. Yeah. (laughs) Is that, I I mean, we got asked that in basic training. I'm like, oh, why did I join the army? Oh no! <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, well, wait a yeah. second! What the hell was I thinking at the time? Yeah, like, what? Am, yeah. what? Was I drunk? What? what? No, <laughs> but like they they had like the the MOS like the jobs list right, and I picked yeah. human intelligence collector because it's oh badass. That does sound pretty cool. But I yeah. totally failed the top secret security clearance interview. Okay. Like we didn't talk to our neighbors, and my mom put uh, someone that she worked with down as a reference, and the guy goes, "Do you know this person?" And I thought he was messing with me, seeing if I would lie. So I'm like, yeah. no. He's like, you don't know this person. I'm like, hell no. Just close the book. He's like, all right, bro, you're 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 good to go. Pick another Why? job. Why? Because you didn't. Because they put it down as you knew them, but you didn't. Yeah, pretty much. My uh, mom put down that this lady we uh, knew as a family, and she could vouch that we were, I guess, good people. 
And there I show up like, no, I've never heard of that. I mean, I, I didn't, you know, I was telling the truth. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. <laughs> oh, so yeah. you got, you know, the funny thing is, man, that was with the FBI when you had your FBI interview. Probably some dude you know, in a suit, I, actually, man. Everybody yeah. I went to Intel training with got FBI, went to their house. They talked to them. They interviewed. I, I actually didn't even get that. They never oh, interviewed wow. me for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, it's like I'm why. 17. What am I going to be in the Taliban? Like, right. <laughs> what the heck? Right yeah. now, the NSA is, uh, is actually decoding that flag, that word that you just said, and they're decoding you. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, looking back, are you glad you joined the Marine Corps? Because I almost joined yeah. them too. No, no, no. I didn't join the Marines. I joined the Army. Well, yeah. Like, are, are you glad that you didn't get to join the Marine Corps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first off, it's not a good sign when the recruiter, you know, sets up and then they don't they don't show up. That's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So he lost it. He lost his chance right then and there. I waited for him for like forty minutes, and then I just started talking to the army gentleman, and and uh, yeah, <laughs> I was the same way. I went into the little little building, and yeah, the only people ever there were the army guys. So I, was like, I guess, yeah, I guess so, I'll so, talk to them. Meant to be, meant to be, yeah. man. So yeah, this yeah. dude calls me up and he's like, "I'm Sergeant So and So. Do you have any felonies?" I'm like, "No." Could you pass a drug test? I'm like, "Yeah, probably." He's like, "Do you have any kids?" I'm like, "No." He goes, "All right, cool. I'll see you tomorrow at 3. I'm like, "Okay, whatever. Oh, okay." Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. They're aggressive, yeah. man. They're aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Um. So at 28, because a lot of what I think about when I was joining, I didn't know anything, dude. I was 19, oh didn't know God. a damn thing about the world at all. But at 28, it'll be a little different. So. Yeah. How did that kind of um, reshape your view on the world, like on, on America? Did it did it affect you in that way at all? It was a challenge. Yeah, it was uh, it was going to be a challenge, and I knew that going into it because I'm a very sort of um, direct person, and I question everything. You know, so so yeah, I question everything. I, I oh god, uh, yeah. However, that said. Um, I'll tell you a story about how I used to, I used to just go into the, like, as I, as I was holdover waiting for my security clearance, I was paying off some debt, right? Cause you can't go in with more than $2,000 of debt. They oh, will not give you a security hell? clearance. Yeah. Because you have, you, you're, you can be bought. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't even know what they're looking for really. Yeah. yeah. You can be bought. Right. So you have to have a minute and that's a low number two two grand. So you, yeah. So I had to pay off some debt. So I was a holdover while I was a holdover. I was working at battalion because again, as 28, they let me do things as a grown up as opposed to let's say 18 year olds and 19 year olds and 20 year olds. My first Sergeant, I had a great relationship with him and they used to let me off base to go out and party. So I oh. could actually go out <laughs> and party. Right. So yeah. Plus I'm a salesman, man. And I was able to, to sell. So you so know, it was they, it was y'all's generation that made us have all these rules then. I uh, perhaps <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. It's possible, right? So myself and another Intel holdover, we used to just get we got adopted, let's say, by battalion. You know, so we would go up there and, and just I would be able to I would talk to the colonel, the full bird colonel, and I would talk to the command sergeant major, you know, and we would have just great conversations. I mean, obviously there's still always the respect and and you know, yeah. but but I used to eat lunch and dinner with the command sergeant major. You know, what and were you an E four at the time? I was, no, I wasn't like an E two. Oh my god! <laughs> so you know, we're sitting there, and but here's the problem with what happened. I was actually just on the phone with uh, 
uh, a future client of mine who's also a full bird colonel, right, up in Tampa. And so what happened was it really the uh, some of the drill sergeants, not the ones that I went through basic with, but the others from other companies, they really started resenting me and my and my other battle because of the fact that we were able to pretty much walk around like regular army, right? They didn't treat us like trainees. They treated yeah. us like we were regular army. God I mean, hell, we, yeah, we even, people even came up to me like what, we went to a, uh, we went to a, um, like I'm the kind of guy, I walked into the, like, so, so they were trying to convince me when I was a holdover to just change jobs, change jobs, Scott, change jobs. I was like, I did not leave a career to join and just go into anything, man. I have a very specific purpose why I'm here and I'm not yeah. going to sit here and, and do it for any other reason. Yeah. And I had a conversation with the Lieutenant commander, right? The Lieutenant Colonel of, 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 of the company, I, you know, the head of the company. And I went in there, he's like, Scott, he's like, blah, 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 blah. We were having this conversation about me being a holdover and, and trying to change. I was like, look, I'll just quit. <laughs> he's like, yeah. you can't quit. <laughs> He's like, you can't quit. I was like, yeah, I'll quit. I'll find a way to quit. And I was like, I'm not going to keep, I'm not here just to do whatever I want, just for, for the sake. I, I wanted a, a purpose. There was a reason for me joining, right? So he understood that, you know, um, and the, the company commanders, and they all, they all gave me respect in the way that I wasn't about to just let go of my beliefs, man. So that right there tells you that conviction mm -hmm. wins the day. Conviction and integrity and, and having a purpose wins the day, guys, you know, at the end of the day. Nobody, I mean, nobody is going to convince you to do something that you have a right belief in. So ultimately, the point was that these other, you know, I mean, I was going off base, going to clubs, seeing seeing my drill sergeants that I went through basic with, you know. Oh, God. And, and um, you know, some of them, did, the men didn't care. You know, the woman, the, the female one that was that was the basic trade. That was my trade. That was my basic drill, my drill instructor. You know, you, you know, of course, it's like, ah, oh, you can't go anywhere without seeing these privates. You yeah. know, well, she's 23. I'm 28. And and it's like a big deal. Like, like <laughs> do the math. Know, yeah. Like, come on. I mean, like, I understand that I'm a trainee, but, you know, like, but anyway, that's just the way it is. <laughs> but um, come on. Yeah. But yeah. they so they had. They, yeah, they, they, some of the drill sergeants, they ended up, they ended up really trying to make my life difficult, you know, and they did, of course, you know, and they did. And of course they did just because they, they could, yep. you know, just it's like, that, yep. I, it's, it's like power. To, to, yeah. It's all it was, it's a power trip. Yeah. So I it went sucks in, for me. It's got to suck for you too. Yeah, man, yeah. but I, I don't generally tolerate that. So I went there in, you know, in my mind, maybe arrogantly i was like listen man i'm not here to deal with your petty power trips i don't care who you are you're not a freaking full bird colonel you're not a you know you're you're a, a sergeant in the army okay let's get a grip on your power trip because you can do what you have and and so i made some phone calls and ultimately i made some phone calls and ultimately you know uh the brass was brought down on, you know, the company and the first sergeant and, and which I didn't want the first sergeant involved because that kind of ruined our relationship. And I had a great relationship with him and we actually talked about it after and everything became fine at the end, but ultimately, yeah. So my point was 
listen, man, I'll go in there and I'm just asking Colonel questions, right? I'm asking the Colonel questions like, what do you think about this? And well, wait, why would you do that? And, you know, just being myself, like I'm a five. -year -old. And then I got, you know, staff sergeant going, Scott, what are you doing? It's like, you're sitting over here questioning a full bird colonel. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm not questioning him in terms of answer me this. I'm just curious. You know, I just have a curious personality. But yeah. that's, that's kind of funny the way that the colonel didn't seem to give a shit. But, but, you know, <laughs> but the sergeants were like, Scott, what, what, you know, what, what are you doing? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it helped. Yeah, you're asking the colonel, like, actual questions. not just Yeah, like, I'm interested stuff. to know, like, why are we do this? Why do you do this? Well, he's like, Scott, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, uh, if you well, had told me some shit like that, Trev, I would have got fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, man. So, so I only went to, to one duty station. I only went to yeah, the Korean, Korean, and I got, yeah. I got through. So that was it. My career was over. What? Yeah, what? You had to get a vaccine before going to Korea or at Yeah, Korea so I, I had to get like a yellow fever and a typhoid fever vaccination. Yeah. So a month after I got there, I started just getting those symptoms that I was telling you guys about. Mm -hmm. um, got injured, went back there. So I think that you guys are probably more interested, though, in what happened to me in the transition within the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, because I could imagine if. First off, yeah, there's the stigma that don't go to sick call. And then, like you're saying, you're yeah. running and everyone just saying, suck it up. It, it, right. There's no difference between Korea and where we were in Tennessee. It's no, like, no. It's just, Tennessee, Missouri, all those yeah. places have the same exact kind of, you know, monsoon season, hot with humidity weather. Right. Yeah. And it's Yo. there's nothing you could do. And then you're yeah. thinking, all right, well, no, my knee is really messed up. Let me go in. And everyone's right. saying, what are you what are you going in for? Dude? You got to right. skip PT to go in. You right. gotta be here for like, like I can't skip a two mile run for, for myself. What, right? What is this? It's, it's, it's complete bullshit. It's like the oh, eggs. absolutely, man. Absolutely, you get harassed. Yeah. It's like the eggs they got at the Chow Hall. It's like you could go on the moon, Afghanistan, Antarctica, Tennessee. They'll yeah. always be the same. Six yeah. The same way. <laughs> right. yeah. So yeah, then then you show up. You finally get what? What was? When did it click? When the when you realized the Blackhawk was for you? You're like, oh no, I'm. This might when they actually yeah. started strapping me to the stretcher is when I realized yeah. that it, it was it, I was like, ah, who is this for? And they're like, yeah, Scott, you need to lay down here in this thing. I was like, um, you're thinking you're good the whole time. Right. Or at least not. I mean, yeah, <laughs> man, walking around, I feel fine other than the blurry vision, other than man. the fact that my blood, I, I didn't really know anything about blood pressure at that time. Yeah, man. Like, you know, See, like, that was, that's like the same thing. They like held my information back from me. They, I. First off, I didn't know I had scoliosis, and then I went through a whole little process. My back was hurting. I was getting – it wasn't, like, too crazy of symptoms, but my hip – my right hip would start, like, popping every time I ran. Over a mile, it started oh, popping. Yeah. My back started tingling. So I went in for it, and they said I was fine. Go get inserts. So I went to go get inserts, and then the next day I went in – or the next week I went in because I had a hockey injury, just trying to get some free ibuprofen. <laughs> and the lady pulls me in the room and has the monitors with all everything like wrong with me. You can't be in with scoliosis. Here's the reg that says it. And here's your paperwork started. And yeah, what? just like you, I was like, oh, man, like this. Hey, is thank it. you for your service, but you're on your way out. Yeah. See, I know oh, you're capable it. of doing everything, but <laughs> there's you're the out of here. Man. Yeah. No. So that that feeling of, oh, my God, I, I went out to the car and called my mom immediately crying because I was like, mom, it's all shattered. Like everything. Yeah. They it's, just it's came and visited me. I had a house. I had, I was 19 house. I was 
I was getting divorced, so they they saw my I'm house sure after everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before too, right? Yeah. Oh, so man. it was it was like right. So everything it was just a whole mental like it's all gone. Everything's yeah. gone. With that that hit or and that messes you? your head up too a lot. Man. Yeah, yeah, really exactly. Because you know? like never... like you, I had a purpose. I'm going in. All yeah. right, I found my job, helicopter engine mechanic. I love what I'm doing. I'm willing yeah. to do it for the country. And then all of a sudden, my purpose is just shattered. Right. He went right. to sick call and he comes back and he's like, they're kicking me out the army. I'm like, what the That's fuck? That's crazy. What the heck? <laughs> Not even lunchtime yeah. yet. What the hell? Are you are you disabled too? Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm not uh, yeah. Well yeah. Um, we're not permanent uh in total, as I think it is, but yeah. But yeah, it was uh it's tough though, man. It it's was tough. yeah, it was it was just weird. So you, did you life. get that? Did you get when did you know know it was the vaccine? Did, when did they tell you that? They, they yeah. had no idea you were just in the hospital. They were well, going so they came up with a generic, stuff. you know, um, and I don't think they would have admitted it anyway. But there's there's no real definitive. I mean, honestly, there's no real definitive answer. Ultimately, I just had to try to put two and two together. Like, what did I do differently? Yeah. Right. And, you know, of people, if you research vet, military veteran vaccination issues and problems yeah. i mean you will see how i mean there's people that remember the orientation there's that one day where you go through just nothing but vaccinations oh i hate it yeah you go through like world like, war ii you get like seven or eight different shots or people yeah. die doing yeah. that stuff man <laughs> you know so you know the, the anthrax vaccination man i met a couple oh of yeah oh, that dude. messed up a lot of people man i was at walter reed with numerous guys that, that were overseas that had to get that you know well, I asked the sick call lady once. I was like, why do we get an anthrax vaccine? Like, I'd only heard of anthrax being mailed to people a That's while crazy. ago. She's yeah. like, it's in the dirt in Afghanistan. I'm like, how is anyone alive over there? Like, yeah. Yeah. What? yeah. <laughs> is anyone alive over there? <laughs> yeah, Yo, that, make sense. that shit hurts bad. If you ever got an anthrax vaccine, you're lucky. But no, you had one? Oh, we got oh, it. Oh, we got it. Was, it was like every time we went in for a shot, it was, you need anthrax too. Oh, man. my God. Like once every single time. Yeah. I probably got it 15 times. Are you serious? Yeah, oh, no, dude, it, was it was every single time you had to go in for a yeah, shot. For some reason, I needed another anthrax. Have you guys even studied the the uh, the side effects to anthrax vaccination at I'd all? Rather not, honestly. You probably, <laughs> you probably listen. You probably should, even though it's probably not something that you want to see. But at least you may, if God forbid, if something starts out, you'll you'll you may be able to 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 take care of it early but yeah but, um, that, that's what i thought with the covid vaccines i was like bro i've gotten like 10 anthrax shots this this yeah. shit probably isn't gonna kill me first you know yeah, I uh, my doctor keeps asking me to take the, the 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 covid vaccination and i'm just like yeah a doc he but he knows he knows my back <laughs> he's just like scott vaccinate I was like, yeah i'm good doc he's like all right yeah, just yeah, had yeah. to ask yeah, they know. Man. Like, don't even come to me. Like, I'll take the flu vaccination and the, and the, you know, the, 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 uh, what is that? Uh, what's the one worse than the flu uh, that, that older people generally get? Uh, oh, their, polio? No, the, the one that goes in the lungs that, that basically suffocates you. Oh, God. Um, I don't know. I'll take a vaccine for that, though. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that sounds worth it. What the heck is it? It's it's the, the flu, and then there's a like pneumonia. MMR. Oh, ah, oh, right. What was that so, one? Smallpox gives you a scar on the arm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, sir. So yeah, I got mine covered up. <laughs> I don't think I actually got a scar. I don't know if I had smallpox. I had chickenpox vaccine. I don't know if I got the smallpox, but maybe I did actually. Um, but yeah, so so 
So, you know, I, I think the hardest thing is, is because when it first happens, like, so, so it really sort of screwed up my mental state. Right. Yeah. And this is what people don't, don't realize. Like it's not the illness necessarily itself because, you know, they were, they were taking care of me and they were giving me my private room at Walter Reed. And I was like, okay, guys, listen, just cut the BS. Am I going to die? Like you guys are being overly nice. Yeah. Right. Like Yo. you guys are putting me in a private room by myself. Why are you doing this? Am I freaking dying or what? Red Tell flag, me. red flag. Right. So, you know, uh, but no, that wasn't the case. I had to be on dialysis and all that great stuff, which is an absolute nightmare. I don't wish on anyone, man. Oh, um, my God. Uh, yeah, that's a whole nother story. But um, <laughs> so ultimately, so to, to help you guys out and to help other veterans, I was at the bottom of the barrel, right? 20, well, actually, it was my 30th birthday in the freaking hospital, <laughs> right? My 30th birthday in the hospital doing dialysis, uh, great times. It, and so the, the hardest part was do, what I had to go through was, first of all, not feeling sorry for yourself, right? Because the first thing you want to do is feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Walter Reed got me over that in immediately, right? Um, I saw vets. Like you're sitting here feeling sorry for yourself, and then I see veterans in wheelchairs with no arms, no legs, no mm -hmm. arms or friggin' legs. And then it's like, holy crap, man, who, who the hell am I to feel sorry for myself? Can I ask and, real quick, though? Yeah. Like, did they tell you, like, there's no real cure for this? You're kind of just screwed? No. So I had to have a kidney transplant. Oh. So oh, it's a very I, common Only thing. a kidney. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, it's actually pretty common these days, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, most people that go through this are actually, like, diabetics. Um and they're very susceptible and and people with lupus it's an immune disorder they go through this a lot somebody like me it's very i have no kidney problems i have no real diabetes issues it's it, it's just a freak of nature which is what caught which is what made me realize it was most likely i mean i don't have 100 percent guarantee on it but i'm pretty sure that's the only thing i've done differently yeah. um didn't have diabetes didn't have any of that stuff but so you know in terms of that, to help those those soldiers out there that think that that it's a it's hopeless, right? Because that's exactly and I, to this day, man, you still conquer that fear. That fear, yep. it's like smoking. Once it's ingrained in you, and once you smoke, the smell of a cigarette will makes you always generally want one, regardless, right? As soon as I found that out, I quit smoking. But I smell it, and I'm, I see somebody on TV having a good. I'm like, man, that looks good. The yeah. problem is when I actually take a, a hit of a cigarette, it's disgusting now. It tastes gross now. It tastes you gross, man. And it makes me taste – it tastes like an ashtray, and that's what keeps me from smoking. Well, I used to smoke menthols, and I'm like, this smells minty. How could people have a problem? And then oh, I quit and smoked yeah. one like six months later. I'm like, bro, this is disgusting. It doesn't. What the hell? It doesn't. It, it, it makes me – if I smoke a hit, it makes me nauseous now. You know, if I'm like really, really, really like uh, out partying and I'm a little bit tipsy and so forth, and I have to be more than tipsy, but yeah, uh, there's a family show. So, but yes, sir. if I smoke one, man, I, I'm just, I'm just grossed out, you know, Yeah. but I'll probably smoke another one just because I mean, <laughs> yeah. once you get the first one, yeah, but that's, yeah but that's, it's just like, you know, when I'm sober, I'll never have it. <clears throat> so, oh, you know, I just, I, I think that that it's mindset and being able to, to pick up. The, the, I think the biggest thing for people is recognizing when they're about to go down a rabbit hole 
right? When they're about to have an anxiety attack, when their mindset changes, being able to recognize that trigger is what is what propelled me. I mean, to, when I first went in, my thought was, okay, I'm on dialysis now. I have a tube sticking out um, of my stomach to do, you know, peritoneal dialysis instead of hemodialysis and all that kind of nonsense. You know, this is embarrassing to when I, I have a date and, you know, whatever, whatever. But most most women actually don't care, man. They don't care. They understand <laughs> when you went through and they don't care. So I want to see my tube real quick, babe. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, not to be gross, but, you know, there was times where I was having affairs with a lady and my tube would get caught underneath or it would pull out of my stomach. So, you know, I'm like, oh, we got to move. So, oh. you know, um, <laughs> yeah, good times. But but, you know, at that point, the, the, the mental state is. What am I working for? What do I want to work for? That was the hardest thing. And to this day, I still sort of fight that, right? But I've been able to change my mindset because what am I working so hard for, man? I don't know how long I'm going to live. I'm not going to live that long. I'm not going to live a full life. What the hell am I going to work for? I could be dead tomorrow. Like that's that's what really people need to know about is that mental state of people. And most people I don't think can actually get to the root of the problem. All right. But I've always been very good at analyzing myself. Yeah. How do you start that process? Sound like say I'm a vet and I'm just depressed. You're depressed. Yeah. I've been there, man. Yeah. You have to believe that. What the hell am I talking about? You know, you have to re you have to learn from other people. Right. So the one thing that helped me was when I went there, when I realized it was all over and I saw these veterans uh, as crazy as it sounds. But our brothers and sisters are the inspiration. They are the ones that I look to because I went in there and who the hell am I to feel sorry for myself? Who the hell am I to sit here and say, well, I can't do this because I'm hurt. You know, when I got, when I see a guy with no legs, with a smile on his face, you know, who the hell am I to sit there and feel sorry for myself? Honestly, I would probably rather go through what I went through than seeing another person than going through what that person went through of, in my mind, listen, this guy's got one leg, one arm, or, you know, you know, he ran over freaking IED and now he's going to be in a wheelchair. Or he's going to have prosthetics the rest of his life. Who the hell am I to, to sit here and feel sorry for myself? And there was one gentleman in particular that stands out. It, literally the worst of the worst that you could possibly get in my mind in terms of physical disabilities. And that is, this gentleman walked around. He was a Green Beret. I never said hello to him. And to this day, I regret that. Because this guy is what really motivated me. Okay? Green Beret, never said a word to him. However, I saw him all the time. And he had obviously been hit with some sort of flame all over his body. Oh, my God. Skin grafts all over his face. I mean, not to be cynical or anything, but he looked like Freddy Krueger. Right? Mm -hmm. That kind of skin grafts. And, I mean... You know, it, it, when you look at him, it's like the first thing that comes to my mind is this, this some a woman is going to have a very hard time loving this poor guy. Like this guy's a hero. Whatever he did, he went through this. And now. God bless this guy. Hopefully he's a good person and, and, and he finds happiness, you know, because that's mm -hmm. that is a challenge. People yeah. going everywhere you go, people are going to look at you differently. You're going to be. And I once I saw this guy and I saw him with shoulders high you know that that delta force attitude still walking through life like is that changed my life I, because yeah. go ahead go ahead 
Can I ask? So, like, my sister is a uh, nurse in a mental health hospital. Yeah. And she says that, like, there's a problem where we say other people have it so bad. Who am I to complain? Right. Right. But she says what can happen is that can almost make you invalidate how you feel. So, that's, like, that's fine. Yeah. I don't. That is what I want. Personally, that's what I want. I don't want to validate the fact that I'm sick. Ask any motivated handicapped person out there. Do you feel like you have a disability? They'll say yeah. no, man. They'll say no. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like you're Understand? not your disability. Yeah. I'm not disabled. There's no oh. reason for me to feel bad. Sorry for myself. That's the mental state that you have to get into. Otherwise, you will always feel sorry for yourself. Because it's like, well, what about me? What about my feelings? You know what, man? I want people to learn from my experience. Okay. Most, most, the problem is most people that I've spoken to, like my friend, the psychotherapist I was telling you gentlemen about mm -hmm. earlier, mm -hmm. I don't know what his solution is to help people. I know what, what helped me. I know what my solution is. And it really boils down to just picking yourself apart mentally, you know? Yeah, that's, that's hard because. Yo, People you start, in denial, you know, man, they don't want to believe that there's something wrong. With right. Just, I mean, just like uh, I don't want to look at the anthrax side effects because of that. Like it's the right. same. <laughs> but I, the uh, only way to diagnose not. something, the only way forward is to resolve the problem. And the problem right. lies within. And if you can't take a look with inside yourself, you'll never be able to do that. Yeah, I had a, I had a hard time dealing with that. Uh, I mean, because really anyone my age, my parents – big thing of what my parents do and their generation was just work through it like just who Ignore cares it. i'm gonna go to work i'm gonna work two jobs i don't right. want to think about it and i got home no, and i can't. was yeah exactly i was just thinking about it my mom said go to work i said mom if i go to work all of this is going to come up at work now everyone around me is affected and yeah. i i still haven't dealt with it there's no i still haven't dealt with it but to to what you're saying about the uh looking at other people that's exactly what got me started on the path of bettering myself. I, I yeah. was going through a divorce and I thought it was the worst thing in the world. I grew up, my parents are still married now. They're going on like 30 years. I never thought of myself as someone who would get divorced and it, yeah. it tore me up. And I came into work one day and Kevin said, dude, you're not the first person to go through this. I don't in know why you army. like, yeah, you're not the first. There's people out here. And then we've had a couple people on the show now that are fighting yeah like fighting for their lives to get their kids back from court because they got divorced because she cheated on them while they're overseas. Yeah. And that, I, that people, you know, honestly, to that point, man, that's, that's a huge effect. Uh, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Some, some military people, you know, and some people in general probably deserve it, but you know, I, the fact is that a lot of, uh, you see these movies, you know what the most realistic movie about oh, is in the army was. Can I, can I guess real quick? Yeah. Jarhead. Yep. Oh, yeah. Tyler, hand me a rock, yeah. Trev. Oh, yeah. no, yep. from three. High five, brother. Yeah. yeah. Swear to God. Swear to God. That one scene yeah. tells it all, man. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you got these movies that are great, and maybe it was back like that back during Vietnam, but, you, you know, one of my favorite war movies, obviously, is is uh, We Were Soldiers, right? That Mel Gibson one. That's a great military movie. And you got all these veterans' wives, and they're all, like, so loyal. And every, every movie I see – all the wives are just so loyal and the vet. And listen, don't get me wrong. Some of these guys deserve everything they get. I'm not saying that it's all the wives fault, but people misunderstand that, that it's hard to be 
alone for a year, you know? Yeah. You're talking that scene where he gets the VHS tape of his wife doing someone else? Absolutely. Shout no, out to Jarhead, though. Y'all check no out other movie, No other movie that I've seen, military movie, portrays that realism. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, the boringness, because, too. Yeah, dude, because everybody wants yeah. to believe that military... Look, I used to tell people, look, this is the last thing people wanted to know. Like, look, man, military has both the greatest and the worst of people, right? You have some of the laziest people on the planet that join the military because it's an easy job. You don't really need results in some cases, right? Mm -hmm. Let's be honest, if we're going to be honest, right? So on the other side of it, you have people, though, that are literally heroes, sacrificing their lives for this country and for the good of their their families, right? And guys like you that just happen to get a, a raw deal trying to do what you wanted to do. Um, and to answer your question, uh, Trevor, when people come up to me, Scott, oh my God, thank you for your service. Like, look, man, I did one duty tour for three months and I was out. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I feel guilty yeah. when people tell me that. And they're like, well, how'd you get injured, right? And it's like, well... At first, I started telling people, well, you know, I was in combat, but that didn't last because people I started telling people the truth because I told like one or two people, but I felt like such a scumbag saying that. Yeah. Because, and the reason I did is because people don't. It was almost like people were disappointed to hear the fact that I got a vaccination. <laughs> yeah. No. The real the realism. Yeah. From it. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, OK. They're like, oh, yeah. Well, well, I'm like, yeah, listen, you know, it, I wasn't yeah, I, I, I didn't have a grenade go off next to me. I wasn't I didn't run over an ID, man. I got a vaccination problem. Yeah, like, I take oh, well, back my you know. thank you for your service. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean, so I'm a very humble kind of guy in some ways. And to me, that's, you know, people love to hear that, that hero story, you know, yeah. like, oh man, like, you know, but people yeah, I don't great. have one either. Yeah. Yo, and that's what you're saying. Yeah. There's people like still respect the hell out of you though. Yeah. Even yeah. Though, yeah. They still do, man. They still do. Like yeah, people say, it, oh, you're not a real soldier till you get to your unit. You're not a real soldier till you deploy. And after right. like, you know, you're not a real soldier till you get shot in the head and die and get a medal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can keep just, going and going and going, right? So, yeah. But I will never claim to be the same. I mean, look, I was intel. I was 50, 50 miles behind enemy lines, right? So I'm not the same soldier as you guys going out there and actually fighting. You know? Yeah, well, and that was the thing, too, is me and Kevin, with our, well, with our job, we – we were doing the most we could do within the army, the the most we could do within our job, like supporting, like you said, we were supporting Delta Force, supporting SEALs. We were doing the most we could possibly do. Right. And around that environment, that's exactly what it was, is I would I would come home and anything I went through, I'd be like, well, what? Yeah, bombs going off, but it didn't go off near me. And right. I would invalidate it. And then I'd go right. to therapy and I'd be like, all right, well, <laughs> she said, what happened? And I tell her about it like it was no big deal. She's like, no, this is like, this is why you shake. This is why you can't sleep. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what? Like, th then what are, what are the other people doing? <laughs> like, oh, how we'd wear right, headphones exactly. whenever we went out, Trevor, bro. You remember that shit? What? We would wear headphones whenever we went out to like a public place for like oh, yeah. a year and a half or two years, dude. So, yeah, because anything could just automatically set you off. Right, right. I don't want to look at anyone grocery shopping. I'm here. I'm going to get my chicken. I'm going to leave. That's it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not paying attention to anyone else. People, yeah. People don't. People don't get that. Um, and and uh, Kevin, you know, just so you guys are aware, like it, it was. It's not the same thing. But the PTSD, you know, is is real for soldiers like yourself. Um, me, I don't really consider what I had PTSD, although 
I guess maybe I did from the medical side of things, right? The, yeah. the, you know, right now I'm so in tune to my body, every little thing I notice within my body and has the potential of setting off my anxiety, right? It has, without my knowledge, without your knowledge, right? So I'll give you the perfect example. When I was in San Antonio after I left, this was like 2005 or six or something like that, seven. I was driving down the street, window was open, had my seatbelt on, and all of a sudden my seatbelt started vibrating very quickly, like like just so rapidly. Now I had gone into, while I was on dialysis, nurses had messed up sort of solutions and things, and they'd put me into seizures, right? Whoa, is that so, all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so now I'd been in seizures, shaking, whatever. So now I'm going down the highway doing whatever, my, my seatbelt starts just vibrating instantly, like, from the wind and automatically my, my mindset went to panic attack mode because it didn't, it didn't know the difference between the shaking. It just felt yeah. the shaking and I didn't know where it was coming from at first. And because I didn't know the uncertainty is what caused it. That, yeah. that is what woke me up to how to get over anxiety and panic attacks. That right there taught me everything I need to know. It's not, it's not the fact that it's not the fact that, you know, is what the problem It's what you don't know that causes the problem. It's what you don't understand. My body and my mind did not know that it was the seatbelt vibrating that caused that. As soon as I picked up on the fact that it was just the seatbelt vibrating and not me and having a seizure and feeling that I was able to talk myself out of it instantly. Dude, you should have seen when my wife was doing her psychology semester in nursing school. Yeah. It was like every day she'd come home from school and be like, hey, you know how you do this? That's actually a, a trauma response. Like, you know how you run really? into walls or forget shit like easily? But I'm like, I just thought that that was me. I thought it was normal, you know? Like, there's so many like signs that we just don't really know about. Um, right. Because your like, body, your mind, once you get into panic mode, once you start, once you start down that path of anxiety, you have to catch it like that. If you don't catch it, it will progress and then you will have a full-blown panic attack, right? Yeah. And listen, every once in a blue moon I still have them, right? But generally it's like, look, Scott, you've had this panic attack about 800,000 times now. You're alive. You've gone through the same stupid nonsense. You think you're having a heart attack. You think you can't breathe. You think you're doing this. Get up, walk around, breathe. Me, I like to be I like to actually be in a so semi-social atmosphere. And then breathe and then breathe, you know, uh, yeah. and then once even when it's fully, fully on, I can catch it and I can I can stop it. Right. It's like because that's that is something I've trained myself to do. But you have to train yourself to do that. It's if you don't find that connection of what sets you off. You're going to keep having that problem. So finding the key to what's setting you off, like for you guys, shit, it may be lightning. Right, thunder. Oh yeah, right? I it may be that, and then you're like, clenched like a bitch when I hear that shit. Yeah, and then once all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's just thunder. You'll be able to calm yourself down. Oh, you know what? That was because of that. That, and then you can start. That that's the only. That is the best advice that I can possibly give to people. Right yeah, there. yeah. I would just add to it, um, like yeah, catching it before it gets too bad. Right. Like for, for me, it's, if I. I hear a noise in the house. I, yeah. I get my gun. I check the whole house. Right. That's not necessarily bad that I have to do that. Like, no. I'm, 
like I'm preparing for the worst. I was trained to prepare for the worst. Right, 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 right. Not, to net that's positive. Not bad. Yeah. yeah, but when a firework goes off, I look outside. I, I right. look and see like, is there right. anyone near my house? Is there anyone right. yelling? Like, right. just catch it. That's that. I mean, you hit it on the head. Yeah, as long as listen, if you know where it's coming from, you know it's not coming from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I got rear-ended like a month after I got back from uh, Afghanistan, bro. Yeah, and my wife said I like went like this and like covered my ears and all this shit, right? Oh, for real? I don't remember that at all. No, I just remember yeah. kind of coming to and I got rear-ended. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, that's that's. I mean, that's the immediate reaction. The 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 impulse is is going to. I mean, look, yeah, it, the impulse of even to this day, the impulse and the reaction of an outside source affecting me will still get to me. And we'll still start the process of anxiety. It's just, yeah. But, you know, as long as you're not going full panic attack mode, like you have to sort of yeah. talk yourself off the ledge. Nobody else can do that. Man. You have to talk yeah. yourself off the ledge. And that's a learnable thing to do. So to end suicide and these are our fellow brothers and sisters that do that. All they need to really learn is the how the belief to talk themselves off the ledge, to know that it's possible. Because I think, like you said, the desperation and the despair and the, the anxiety and um, it comes from the lack of belief that things are going to get better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like you're, you're invalidating yourself almost. Right. Like, 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 for example, you guys, like, is there, the biggest thing is why am I going to go forward? Why? What's what's the point? Like these people. Oh, I said that so many. Oh, I called my God. mom and said that when I was yeah. getting it out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh. I've been doing it for twenty years, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Trust me, I'm an ex I'm an expert at convincing myself that what's the point? What? But I, I literally just, and this was actually the other day, actually before we even talked, I, I had a sort of an epiphany. Right? There's a lot of medical advances. A lot of people are going through things that are a lot freaking worse than what I went through. Okay. I mean, there's people out there that have what I have on top of it. They have things like lupus, they have diabetes, they have cancer on top of it, yeah, you yeah. know, like who the hell, like, you know what, as far as compared to them, I'm a freaking, I'm a, I'm a freaking healthy person that'll live forever. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, somebody's always got it worse, man. It's like, if they can find happiness in what they do, like yeah. you're, you're not putting what happened to you in a box and just not thinking about it. I'm not doing that. No, I am. I am absolutely thinking about how to to get past it. Always, ever evolving. How do I? And, and one thing that I just did actually, because that that whole, it's that it's that weight of the rest of your life on top of your head. That's what people kill themselves over, right? It's why am I going to go on? There is no moving forward for me. I'm in a hopeless spot. And any of any any of us here could have gone down that path. Mm -hmm. what, what the, especially, you know, like Trevor, you, you went through this and you went through a divorce. I didn't go through, have to go through a divorce. So in that way, you went through more than I did, right? Yeah. Because being responsible for somebody's feelings is a huge burden. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so. Yo, oh my God, dude. <laughs> so yeah. So I had to think like, why am I going to work my ass off? If I live 10, 15 years, like, what, what am I going to work for? Why am I going to do this? Why am I just going to? But then on the other side of me, I'm like, well, I'm not quitting. But the other day I actually had an epiphany, like I was telling you. And I've decided to, because everything in life is all about mindset and how you look at things, right? That's that's it. Your mind is so powerful. Um, 
I decided to look at myself as a 20 year old kid. And how that's going to help me is look, I'm 20, I'm 50, I'm almost 50. I'll be 50 next month. Right. So in my regard, do I really have the rest of my life? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know how long I'll live, but I know this. People are living a lot longer. There's a lot of medical things. Can you become massively successful in 20 years and create change? Absolutely. I mean, look at these people like Warren Buffett and in the investment world, guys like Larry Fink. Larry Fink, I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's the world's largest asset manager, I believe. Um, Oh, the BlackRock guy. Yeah, the BlackRock guy. He's 70 years old. (laughs) This guy is not slowing down, man. (laughs) He owns the world. He controls everything, right? 70 plus years old. Warren Buffett, 92 years old. His business partner, 99 years old. You know, they do what they love to do. That's why they're still alive. That's why they're still going strong. So, you know, for me, that was a huge part of it. Like, holy crap, these guys are 70. I'm sitting here and every day I still fight. Wait, I still fight against the fact, well, am I 100% normal? Can I still do the things that everybody else is doing? Or is there something that's physically wrong? Like you look at me and, and I look normal. Right. I'm not overweight. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in good shape. I, I, I am active. I run tough mutters. I haven't run one in years, but maybe you guys and I, we can start a group and we can start running tough oh, mutters yeah. together. I have I mean, another I, friend that would love to do that. I would have guessed 35 for the record. Right. Quick. I appreciate that. I got a bit more yeah. gray, but but uh, but yeah, you. I'm 49. I'll be 50 next month. And and, you know, th- what I always tell people is, look, I, I learn from my experiences. I know people because I'm not the only one that goes through everything that I go through. Right. Everybody generally goes through the same sort of emotions in life in some way or another, but in their, but for whatever reason, different reasons. Right. So, so being able to analyze yourself and, and is the number one key factor to improvement. Most people yeah. don't want to analyze themselves because they're afraid of what they're going to look at. Yo. Oh my God. dude. Yeah. And well, that's, yeah, it's, it's tough because, yeah, you don't want to look at yourself and see all the darkness, but at the same right. time, it's a lot better than ignorance. Like, you're just blissfully ing- ignorant. It's it's tough because once it starts, it doesn't yeah. stop. You, you, you're going to analyze yourself, like you said. I'll, I'll be doing this for 20 years. Yeah. And I would much rather have it this way than five years down the line catch myself again with suicidal thoughts and trying to go through something like that. It's It's so much better. So anybody listening that's thinking about just looking in the mirror for a second, do it. Just do it because it's Look way in the better mirror, doing man. that. Look in it's the mirror. Better. There is you someone know, people, very close to me that does that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, and, and I'll tell you what. What really what really changed my mind the other day and my mindset was the fact that, again, mindset, man, learning from other people. Having mentorships is – mentors, mentors, and you guys are mentors, man, to a lot of people. You know, being mentors is, is very helpful for somebody to – to actually believe in what you're telling them and give them hope because that's what mentors do and inspiration. I mean, you guys have a huge platform to, to do that, which is fantastic, which is why I wanted to come on this show because people at my age, right. That are still suffering. It's not the end of the world. I mean, I I actually thought it was the end of the world. It's not look at these other look, according to this, I could live 30, 40 years and be immensely successful. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not the end of my life. 
Could I die tomorrow? Yeah. Could I croak right this second on the, the phone with you? Absolutely. But hopefully, not. but there is hope to become successful even in your elderly years. So, so that, that mental state, learning from other people's experiences, learning about yourself, learning how to improve your mental state. I mean, Trevor, like you said, you know, what your, what your sister said, was it about the, about not validating your own feelings? Yeah. No, my There's sister. nothing wrong with validating my how you feel. You have to, I mean, I, I was sort of incorrect. You have to validate how you feel, or at least let me just use this from my experience. I have to validate how I feel because if I don't, I'm not going to improve. Right. Right. So acknowledge it. Yeah. I have to, you have to acknowledge like, but you don't let it hinder you. You use that. And is it, as an example, like you right now, you both are, are, how old are you gentlemen? I'm 27. Okay. Yeah, so, you're still in your 20s. so you're still yeah. in your twenties, man. You guys, man, you guys have the world at your fingertips and you guys can help so many veterans. Um, you know, in, in and you are um, apparently already helping so many veterans, man. And that's, you know, your experiences and how you're working through it is, is, and learn, and, 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 and again, taking advice from, and having people like myself on the show. And even though right. I don't have wartime necessarily PTSD, you know, we're all brothers of the same fight when it comes to medical injuries and PTSD, right? Well, so, yeah. And on top of that, that's what we realized when we started the podcast. Initially, yeah. it was for veterans. And then we realized, just like you're saying, it's the same fight for anyone living in the normal world, too. Like, it's yeah. it's not just us. This is a this is a problem that's steadily increasing because yeah. we don't know how to deal with it. And like we were yeah. saying earlier, this isn't something you go you go out to lunch. You guys are planning to go out to lunch and just comes out. This isn't no, a conversation no. that just comes out when you come home from work and you're talking to yeah. your wife or your friend or whoever. Right. It's we're doing this to set time aside purposely for a conversation like that. And it's a lot easier to do that so you can prepare your mind. All right, I'm going into this and this yeah. is what's going to happen to me. I yeah. get excited about it because I know I'm going to learn. I learned <laughs> going to yeah. tell you how many things I wrote down because I learned and it's oh, whether it's it's all the same mind. And I can't remember what psychologist did it, but I learned. Just learned this in my last psychology class. It they they put the emotions you go through from age like zero to sixteen, and it's generally speaking. But every human's gonna have shame and guilt at age zero to two, oh, two to four, and it just it, they're able to. Put, I can't remember. I tried to look it up. I can't remember who it is, but I think Erickson maybe Erickson. I don't. I yeah, whatever. Don't yeah, but but yeah. It, the emo you go through the same emotions and it's just some people don't don't recognize the emotion like you're saying you don't you can look at yourself look at what happened and for me it sucks that i'm like oh i just like i how stupid do i feel i went to the uh bears versus bucks game recently mm -hmm. and at the bucks stadium they have a huge cannon that goes off every time they score oh, hell, right. no. hell no and when that happened i i like freak out because yeah. i don't expect it it just comes out yeah, of nowhere yeah, yeah, yeah. and my first thought was all right what's going on and i'm like okay we're good and then right. the second thought is, how stupid am I? Like, I should know this is happening. But you but see, yeah, like, so, yeah, but you're saying, but like, I'm not to interrupt you. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, yeah. you're good. I just, good. Like, like, you you are a perfect example of talking yourself out of a problem. That's exactly what you have to do. I think what psychotherapists and what psychologists and the therapists do is all they do is get you to figure out through, via questions and internal soul searching what the root of a problem is. Because you can't you can't help 
until you figure out what the root of wrong is. That's all. Mm -hmm. That's what they're designed to do. Ask you questions. Why do you feel? That's why you every movie. So tell me, uh, well, why do you? Well, Doc, why am I doing this? Well, tell me why you think you're doing this. You know, like yeah. Um, Exactly. I was listening to Jordan Peterson say yeah. that's the role of a psychologist. It's to get you to come to the conclusion. I'm not Agreed. supposed to tell you. That's no. I got way too many biases to tell you what's going on. You got to come to that conclusion. But it's, it's, look, but it's weird to get to that conclusion and you can figure it out. You're never going to get to the root of the problem and be able to help yourself. Depression is a is a worldwide epidemic, man. It, it, mm -hmm. It's massive, especially now with the competition and the fast paces. I mean, there's so many people. Um, that suffer from depression, whereas like a hundred years ago, almost nobody had probably depression. Right. You know, uh, life was much simpler back then. But yeah. like, we're afraid to be open and talk about that kind of stuff. Like when I was in, uh, yeah. it's called ALC in the army. If y'all don't yeah. know, it's to become an E6. But I knew there was going to be a part in this like commandant's challenge where like a grenade thing would go off, mm -hmm. and it was really loud. And I told like everyone there, I was like, dude, I had issues with this kind of stuff. Like if I just like, I don't know what's going to happen, but if something does happen, like you take charge and you'd be like his number two. Right. But like they were so open about it. It's like, why was I nervous to tell them is if they're going to yeah. be like, oh, Kev, you're such a bitch, dude. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's just it. You know, uh, nobody. So just like they tell you, like nobody knows the experience of going through the military until you've gone through the military and you've created that bond. Yes, because, sir. I mean, let's face it, the, the biggest bond in the world is the brotherhood of military people, mm -hmm. right? Starting with your own and then branching out to the others. But so, so unless they go through it, they're not going to know what the hell's going on within your mind, man. And right. they might even go through it and they may not know about whatever it is, but you know, that's why guys like you are, are doing uh, amazing things because no, it's not easy. I'm not just going to go up and talk to a stranger and tell them I have, you know, yeah, I got, I, I don't like telling anybody. First off, because I, want, <laughs> yeah. because I don't want anybody's pity. First off, I don't want right. Like, oh, I don't like. I don't want them to give me the old. Oh well, Scott, thank you for your the whole the whole fake. Thank you for your service thing, and and you know, um, I don't know if it's fake, but the whole thank you for your service thing, and and you know, whatever, whatever. And it's like, oh, I, you know, uh, oh, you did it. Listen, I would just rather go on with my life and move on and not get get a pity party about it. But right. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is it's not an easy thing to bring up, you know, because no, because well, like you're saying, no one understands it. And if that's right. what me and me and Kevin are like, I'm an I thoroughly believe that's why I want to do this, is because a big solution to this is getting more yeah. veteran psychologists in the VA and veteran yeah. psychologists to help veterans. Because when yeah. I go and talk to just the normal Joe Schmo, who's a great psychologist, yeah, it's there's still that that little border that's saying they they didn't do this they don't right. know what this is they can look at look at movies they can right. try and figure it out but they don't know they haven't lived it so it's hard for them to give me an answer right 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 and that's Absolutely. that's what started the podcast honestly is i, I was going to therapy every other month or whatever it was mm -hmm. like they're, they're, they they're not getting it and there's i mm -hmm. i don't know how to explain it mm -hmm. so i'm gonna just hop on here and try to explain it to everybody hopefully someone gets it you know you know, I'm a firm believer that most people, most people, most people, caveat, most people caveat. have the ability to fix themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and think about this. Are, if anybody was trained to get over something, it was military people. Mm -hmm. 
because of the way that you're trained, the mindset that you're trained, you're trained to, to, to rationalize, you're trained to problem solve, you're trained to, to be calm in situations where most people would go losing their freaking minds, right? Mm -hmm. And to be able to have that thought process, I think a lot of veterans forget their, their own capabilities, their own power within them that, listen, I've been through this sort of thing before a million times. I've just never actually done it on myself. Yeah. Never, that, yeah. never utilize the same principles I use in the military to create a strategy for myself on how to deal with this. Right. And that's, yeah, no, me and Kevin were talking about that when we, uh, yeah. when we got out, we were trying to start business after business, just trying to find something to do. Yeah. And then finally, after we stopped all the businesses, we got to think about just what to do next. And that was what it was. I was like, Kevin, we already have the discipline. We know we can get yeah. up every morning, go run, and then go work 12 hours and go home and be fine. Absolutely. We've we've done it. We know we could do it. But we the difference is you, you have to do it for yourself now. You, you're not doing it for this big machine. Right. You're doing it for you. Yeah. Like no one's waking up and thinking, how can I generate more leads for realtors? Yeah. <laughs> like that, that doesn't work, bro. Like well, you we got have a million people out there competing against you, first off. Like it's way oversaturated. <laughs> But like when yeah. people will message us and be like, hey, we were hurting, but we watched your show. Like, mm -hmm. We don't make a cent from that this podcast. We don't make any money. But when people hit us, up, like Trevor just showed me a message last night of a dude that we helped. Like that makes it all worth it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Well, I think at the end of this podcast, gentlemen, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll set up a time uh, personally, the three of us. I think we should. Um, where we can have another conversation about about. Uh, other something else uh, about your business <laughs> behind the scenes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but that's it. Yeah. You know. Look. I, I again. You have to train yourself to believe that you're able to do that. Like it's, it's a never-ending battle. Um, when I was first a stockbroker, they used to have a million. You know, this was back in the days of, I guess, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, back oh, in the early nineties, yeah. right? Hell was when yeah. I was working on Wall Street. Those. In, in these brokerage firms, they always had these amazing, you know, motivational sayings everywhere, man. This is, this is such a, because, you, you know, and one of them was, I mean, there was numerous that I can, I haven't seen them in 30 years. I never forgotten them. You know, like, for example, there's only two ways a 21 year old kid can make half a million dollars a year selling drugs in wall street. Right. Yeah. Something like that. So, um, and, uh, and then there's another one where, you know, uh, you know, you have to constantly fight to keep yourself motivated. Okay. And if you can't be motivated, then you use discipline on those days. Yeah. Right. So it's a trade off. The days that you're not motivated, that's when discipline comes into it. Tell me that as military people, we don't have freaking discipline. Okay. <laughs> we yeah. have discipline. We know yeah. discipline, man. That's in our blood. Right. And, and so there's nothing that military people can't accomplish based upon those, those factors. If you can't motivate yourself, Use discipline. If you're not, if, if, if you have the motivation, you're energized, use motivation, use conviction. So, so, uh, I had a point. I don't remember what it was, but, but, I mean, um, <laughs> should I have a question then? If you're not yeah. a military guy, how do you build that discipline? Can you? Yeah, you have it. Well, you, you, you learn, you, you learn from others, right? So, every me, I am personally not motivated by money. However, I am in a highly lucrative, career path where there's a lot of money. So why the hell am I in this career path if I don't make, if, if I'm not 
money is a byproduct, mm-hmm. right, of what I do. And what I love to do is I love to wheel and deal, man. I love to, I love, to, I love putting deals together. I love, I love financial strategies, and I love planning. Of, I love going to guys like you that are starting out sometimes, and you know, saying, "Hey, look, you guys create this amount of money. This is what you're going to retire at, and you're 25 years old. If you put, when you start making money, if you start putting a thousand dollars away a month, you guys are going to be, you know, you're going to end up." millionaires by the time you're 60 like that's a given that's a fact Mm -hmm. how much i don't know but you will be a millionaire by the time you're you're 60 years old if you start putting money away the right way now that's not rocket science man rocket science what i love to do is when things are crashing and when things are all up in the air people screaming at me because they don't know what the hell's going on because the world's going to end right that's when i love to wheel and deal and start making you know things happen for people so so i get that excitement out of it I get ecstatic when I help people. When I put a smile yeah. on people's faces and they're freaking happy, that's my that's my motive. The money is just a byproduct of that. So that's exactly yeah, that's yeah. exactly what we're saying. Our the yeah. currency we get from this is when I get a text from somebody saying yeah. that they're dealing with suicidal stuff and they know yeah. to come to me or with right. my divorce. I have someone very, very close to me going through a divorce. And yeah. he knows that he could come to me for answers. He's five years, yeah. six years older than me, but yeah. he knows. If I go to Trevor, he'll yeah. have an answer. And he'll be able to talk about it. Yeah. And as long as you're the biggest, I think also, you know, the problem here's also the problem. First off, people that don't have depression, they don't suffer from depression, don't really know generally what the signs of depression are. And even people that do have depression probably don't know most cases because, again, that takes us that takes a uh, that takes a modicum of self self uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like introspectiveness. Yeah. introspection right you need to be introspective in order to understand which is what makes me very good with people in, in not to brag or anything but why i'm so good with generally with people is because i am a very introspective person everything that i go through other people go through it's it, what i go through is not a mystery in life it's not anything different everybody goes through the same emotions and why i go through something like I can figure out why I say something to somebody. I can tell when I'm being bitter to somebody, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. why am I saying this? So therefore, if I know why I'm doing it, I know when other people are doing it to me. Oh, I see. Yeah. You understand, you understand what I'm pa- my point is? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking different over here, Scott. Good. Yeah, Whoa. yeah, yeah. So, so you need that self-introspectiveness, man, because that's what makes you grow as a person. And, and that's what helps you with other people, especially, right? And guys in your position definitely need to do that. Like, don't wait on a, an external source. No. Take charge no. of your life. Learn from, your, learn from yourself. Learn from others as well, because that just expedites the process. But if you can't, if you don't know why you're saying something, how the hell are you supposed to know why somebody else is saying something to you? Golly. You know, so, so that's something I learned. And you, and you want to know something. I was like 23 years old, I think, when I picked this up. Because um, ultimately, it was about everybody used to tell me, Scott, you always have an excuse. Scott, you always have an excuse. Scott, you always blame other people. Scott, you always blame other people. And after like the hundredth person telling me this, I finally realized to myself, well, shit, maybe it is me, man. You know, maybe it is me. Maybe I am the problem. And then from there, then you start concentrating on 
well, what the hell else am I doing that's not good? What the hell else am I? How else do I improve myself? Like all these guys like Jeff Bezos and all these other people that are, they all learn from other people. They all have mentorships. Jamie Dimon, right? Granted, most people don't didn't have his life to start out with, right? Yeah. Um, but Jamie Dimon had, even at his level, because he came from a very wealthy family, he was a very privileged person. He's the CEO of the largest bank in the country, uh, which is Chase. Um, oh. And that guy has had an amazing career. But he started off very arrogant, believing he was better than everybody else, and his mindset got him there. And then he got a career doing so. I mean, the kid was 28 years old. He was doing, he was negotiating $100 million deals. Yeah. Dude, I learned because that. He's like a mentor that helped him do that. Like my yeah. last year and a half in the army, I realized if you just say, like, yeah, I fucked that up. Yeah. I'm sorry. People will just like, it just diffuses them instantly. Yeah. No, that's right. Most people, like, look, man, me, I'm not a corporate guy. Okay. I am not a corporate guy. I've worked at USAA. I am not a corporate guy. Even I worked at USAA when I got out trying to get back. Cause the only thing I could do was go back into finance because that's yeah. all I ever did. So I went to USAA to start with after there. And, um, you know, like I, I, I literally had, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the right person. I, I don't, I am not a good fit for corporations due to the pettiness of, again, what we've spoken about the NCOs of the corporate world, which are managers and directors and, and so forth. Oh, and so forth. let me oh. get started. Pop <laughs> off. Pop off, bro. Uh, Come on, Trey. Talk to him, bro. Uh, dude, I, so <laughs> I started talk to me, back, Goose. Yeah, it's awesome. Started bro. back at Home Depot, and um, it was pretty funny. They, they We had like a little town hall, so the store manager brought us in and asked us what, what we thought was good and what was wrong. I didn't have anything Roger. good for her. But when she came to what was wrong, I was the only person I showed up with a piece of paper that had everything I had on it. I was yeah. the only person in there with a piece of paper. And, and I just went through motivated at that point, man. You were, yeah. like, you were a freaking high speed soldier right there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. With the yeah. laundry yeah. notebook. Right. right, I'm, right, like, right. <laughs> I'm like, this is what is wrong. This is how you fix it. And every, she had an excuse for everything. And most of the excuses were corporate won't let me. And I'm like, <laughs> so cor like, and that might be a valid excuse, but it's a it's a nightmare. Bring yeah, it up, exactly. Though. Like fuck. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, so do I have to call them? Like, do do I need to get the corporate yeah. on the phone then? Because you right. can't do anything right now. All of these problems, these are problems consistently happening from one Home Depot to the next. Yeah, and you yeah. can't. We can't solve them. We just have to live in this. This is yeah. ridiculous. You have to live in that bubble. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I am not. I am not a, a caged animal, man. I I am not. I am not out there to to satisfy somebody's ego. All right. Which is why I ended up just leaving USAA because I used to, I mean, look, I don't, I don't recommend my type of personality to everybody. This is not good advice. I do not recommend it, but I'm the guy that will go over there and question the assistant vice president sitting next to me, you know? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, exactly. Yeah. My story. You know, I literally, so, so I, 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 my downfall there was because you know, I, I, I was supposed to have a private conversation with the assistant vice president and he ended up ratting me out to my manager. Whoa. And so one day we were in the gym together at the corporate gym, company gym in San Antonio. And he walked up to me and put his hand out to shake my hand. And I just turned my back and walked away, you know, because it was like, to me, that's a huge insult, but that starts your decline at a company like that. Then at that point, it's like, okay, this guy's, this guy's cancer. And then, then I'm yeah. starting to yell out, look, I hate my job. You know, and he's sitting right next to me. He comes running out, and it's like, you know, that that they don't want that, man. That's not what they want. 
You didn't, yeah, they don't want to go. Didn't insinuate you were in the mafia or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, you know, but but um, they don't want that. And, and it's not a good thing for people that love that type of people need that steady income. Yeah. You know? Uh, right, me, no. I, 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 you know, I can't work under constraints. I can't work with people above me generally because of, uh, because of the fact that generally most of those people are very petty, you know, and and they're doing everything is personal to them, and they don't, they don't care if what their decision is the wrong decision. They don't care whether or not it's the right thing for the company. So, sure, um, I had like a month in the army, right? And we go to this like town hall with the battalion commander and sergeant major. Yeah. And I was getting out in like two months. I just didn't give a shit. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just right. going to speak my mind, right? Right. And someone complained about us flying too much. And the battalion commander is trying to like get out the way of this question. Like, oh, it's not my fault. All this nonsense. I was like, sir, it's called the battalion commander's flying program. You control <laughs> this. It's on you. Like the buck stops with you last night. Yeah. Like that's, you know what? That's exactly what I am all for that, Kevin, because <laughs> I believe that the problem with society is that people are not accountable held accountable anymore for anything mm -hmm. it's uh, i'm too i'm too upset about this because of the election or i just i you're being too harsh you can't tell me the truth because it's not fair and mm -hmm. and you know i don't want to work as hard because it's not right and i don't want to be held accountable for my career so it's exactly what that is and it goes up to all levels yeah like this is a problem though why because people don't tell him this tip people just blow right. smoke up his ass all the right day. right exactly yeah. and those those people you know are not my kind of people generally you know, yeah. I know, people that, <laughs> yeah. you know generally people you know are terrified in life oh, you know yeah. of losing their position to me whenever i make a change i am excited about it man life is ever evolving and one other yeah. thing that military people tend to forget at least at our level, right? At our level, like if you're talking about Navy SEALs and Delta Force and like these people probably know how adaptable they are to any situation, right? And maybe yeah. even you guys do because you've been over. But one thing that soldiers forget is we've been trained to adapt. Mm -hmm. And that adapting in that mindset of being able to switch immediately to something else and create a strategy is what makes us so, so... Um, Lethal. profoundly needed in life, especially when it comes mm -hmm. to things like corporations and things of this nature. And it, it's what gives us, it was, it's what should give us even more confidence than the average person. Right. Because the average person hates change. We welcome change, you know, or we should, which is why Trevor, like you're going through a situation that you went through and Kevin, I don't know if you're still going through that situation with the VA. You're still obviously both, suffering from this but as soon as you guys what you really need and i don't know if you need to do this you may be already doing it but but the fact that 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 you guys are going through this and you have that experience and you know how to to you know how to to, to get rid of the triggers you know how to, to to get rid of the onset of your ptsd you can and you've been speaking about it like the second you realize it's something outside of your your control it's not you. You're okay. You're fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, not necessarily fine, but you you don't go into full panic mode, right? Hopefully, in most cases. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still do rarely, but it happens, right? But but I can always get myself out of it. So, you know, that's that right there, man. If, if you can save people's lives because of yours experience, man, and, and the experience that you two have together, 
there's nothing greater on the planet. And by by effect of that, you guys are going to blow up. And and I already have a feeling that you guys are going to blow up. Uh, and I, I hope so. I look forward to that as well. You know. Thank you. We will. Yeah. Thank you, man. I'm sorry, Trevor. <clears throat> yeah, you're good. No, it uh. Well, you got your famous uh, last question. Yeah, real quick, a funny story about that meeting I was just telling you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only other thing I said was there was this guy telling the battalion commander, we need more off time when we go TDY, which is just traveling for a job normally about a week or two. Right. And this freaking nerd from S1 down in the front, <laughs> he was like, well, we can have time off and do team building too, like like runs or some shit, right? And I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. No one's getting <laughs> off work 14 hours and wanting to run up a hill. Like we're trying to go out and drink and have fun, right? Right, right, right. He's like, you so this is like one of those, uh, you know, Captain America guys. I'm yeah. saying, I'm saying, yeah. an S, like an S shops nerd, bro. Yeah. And and he's like, well, you can team build but not drink. I'm like, yeah, you can do it while you're drinking too, bro. Like this is really <laughs> is the best when it's team building is the best when you're drunk, man, because people say shit that you can like you, that they yeah. never would say if they weren't. Arguing yeah. in front of the whole battalion, bro. I'm like, this uh, fucking nerd, man. That's, that's... <laughs> so again, you have a, a sheep. That guy's a sheep, right? He's not, yeah. He's not necessarily a leader. Um, yeah, yeah. After, though, like sheep. a bunch of people came up and thanked me. So I was glad I said something. But A lot of the military are sheep, man. They need that. that they need somebody to tell them what to do. So Yo. they need you guys. These guys that are out there that are that are suffering from this illness. And the ladies, of course, and our, our brothers and sisters, they need you guys to tell them what to do. They need your help, some of them. They really do. In terms of in terms of that aspect, like some of them know they need help. The ones that don't know, they need your help. Um, and that's great that you're helping them out. Yeah, you know? Thankfully, we've been through a lot. But I must yeah. send our final question then. Um, yeah. What, what was the lesson you had to learn the hard way? How to, how to create, how to, how to, how to fix myself. I try not to rely on outside help. I, I, I didn't go to a, a, a therapist. I wanted to, I wanted to deal with it myself because I knew that if I could deal with it myself, it would be forever changed. Like quitting smoking. Once I quit smoking, I knew that I would quit. If I did it myself, I knew that I could quit smoking forever. Right. So quitting smoking was a barometer. You can quit smoking. You can pretty much quit anything. Okay. Yeah. Yo. Okay. Yeah. So, so that was a motivator. And, but on top of that, it was like, look, I'm, I'm what you call an autodidact. I love self-learning and self-teaching. Okay. Um, I believe that people can learn anything that they want. Okay. It was, you know, of course you need help in some cases, but I, it was important for me to change, to change my mindset. That was the first thing I had. That was the most important. That was the hardest thing to do is change my mindset, man. Realize, and, and the only way you can change it is by learning from yourself and, and other people, right? Introspectiveness, again, you have to be introspective in order to learn from yourself. And the only, and, and again, learning from, from, learning how to deal with a situation. And the only way to be able to learn to teach myself was to figure out what the hell was wrong with me, why I was going through what I was going through, and then try to create a positive change and it's not, it's never like, it's like smoking, like we talked about, Kevin, it's never permanent, right? You're never just going to wake up one day and you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm freaking awesome now. I'm, well, right yeah. I'm hell yeah. Worry about it, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. That does, does not happen. That does, that's yeah. not realistic. It's, it's an ever ongoing process. 
And I would sit I, uh, myself down and be my own therapist, man, and really be hard on myself. You got right? to. Because if you don't, you're never going to get to the root of the problem, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that right there. Hopefully that answers your question, man. Mindset yeah. is everything. Yeah, I'm going to ask one more because you've said this a lot. Learn from others. Who is who's the biggest person that had that, I guess, gave you more inspiration? Who did you learn from the most? Well, unfortunately, I never had a, a great father figure in terms of mentorship and learning from. And that is usually the best, right? That is the best you can possibly ask for. I have learned from from um, I have learned from anything people from like Jocko Walling, right? For oh, hell yeah. Good. Andrew Huberman, for example. Yeah. Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, Warren Buffett, people that are at the top of life, the 1% people that really, really have control of their of their lives. That really are, that can really, people like Tony Robbins, who says, you know, who says, he says things like, you know, like, there's not a morning in the world I wake up and I want to jump into that fucking ice bath. Not a morning. I do not wake up ever saying, I can't wait to jump into that fucking ice bath. You know, my mind tells me, no, you're not. But there's, and this is what he, he literally said on a podcast. It's like, there's no, there's no fucking negotiating. There is no negotiating. I say we do. There is no negotiating. That, if you can get to that level of discipline and mindset, you are a 1% person in life. You are a 1%er. And that, whether you get to the 1% or not, because it is not easy. And I consider myself a highly disciplined individual, but I still have a long way to go. Right. And, yeah. and as long as you're ever changing and you're always introspective and your, your mindset is always like in the mornings, man, I used to wake up, be like, crap, I'm tired. I'm this. Mm -hmm. I don't. Feel. And then you wheel and then you boom, light switch. I'm not tired. Why the hell am I tired? I'm not tired. Actually, why the hell am I thinking like this? Right. Okay. Why am I thinking like this? Oh, I just woke up. I feel like shit. I don't want to freaking wake up. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Okay. So your mind's always going to be shitty in the morning, right? Groggy until you wake up, you know, and then within an hour, it's like, okay, mindset, happiness, man, good music, put some fucking good vibes on, mm -hmm. get that mindset going. Think about my goals because look, man, you know, I believe also that people are, are generally only happy in most cases, again, not all cases, you know, when they have goals in life and they're accomplishing those goals in life, when they're re striving to reach those goals, they have a purpose, a purpose, Ooh. right? So those, those are key factors. I was just listening to Dana White. You know who he is, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, the MM or the UFC. Guy. Yeah. You know, and he said something very profound and I'm not like a huge fan of that guy. Right. But but he said something very profound. I watched even just yesterday, which was, you know, you, you have to be a fucking beast. Even Jordan Peterson says that you you have to be a fucking yeah. beast. Right. Yeah. You you have to you have to go all in. If you want that 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 lifestyle as much as you want, you can gain. You just have to be willing to go all in for it. Right. Meaning. You know. Everything else comes second. Everything, generally. Now, granted, there are highly successful people that have great family life as well, you know. But in the beginning, man, you have to sacrifice that. You have to sacrifice. Friends are going to leave you. You have to sacrifice that. 
if you don't want to give up your friends, if you don't, because friends are going to be like, oh, well, we're not, you haven't talked to me and you don't hang out with me and, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, whatever. And people get upset and then they, you lose contact. Fine, man. Look, a real friend is going to support you. They're going to be there for you. Even when you're, when you're ready, they'll be there for you. They'll be like, Scott, man, it's been so long. Let's get, let's get together. And mm -hmm. so, yeah. yes, I learn from everybody, man. I am a sponge. Be a sponge. Yeah. Even if you fail too, like Trevor and I were trying to run a business yeah. earlier this year. We were working like 10 hours a day, six days a week and it yeah. failed. It's like, but we'll never, we went all in on that and we'll never have to wonder what would have happened if we did that. Yeah. So even Listen, if you fail, every failure, every failure, as long as you don't quit, you'll never be a failure. You may fail at times, but you will never be a failure in life because you will never give up. Right. And that's that's what people don't understand. If you quit, then, yeah, you failed. You're a failure. One of my favorite quote, quotes in life. And I use this and I, I. I use this in my business. I use this when it comes to everything. Failure is never failure. OK, failure is the game that you have to play to win. OK, mm -hmm. look at Thomas Edison. People go up to him and, and this is one of my favorite quotes. And I don't know the exact quote, but some go something like this, like somebody went up to him and asked, well, how does it feel to know that you failed a thousand times at creating the light bulb? He said, I didn't fail a thousand times. I figured out a thousand different ways on how not to make the light bulb. Yeah. Oh, I was a national treasure. Yeah. yeah. Like you cannot find a better attitude to success in life than that. That's it, man. You guys. Well, Oh my God, you guys failed in three businesses. I didn't fail in three businesses. I figured out, I learned, three different ways on how not to run a freaking business, man. That's what Yo, I did. We realized it's only a failure if you don't learn from it. You're only a failure if you don't learn from it and you give up. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it, man. So quick, quick little note though, on this whole self-reflecting process, be patient with yourself. Yeah. You are not going to turn into Jocko Willing overnight. No, you're not. Absolutely <laughs> not, man. This takes years and years yep. and years. I've been doing this for 20 years and I'm still doing it again. It's never going to stop. It's just a matter of every day we'll get a little bit better. Every week we'll get a little bit better. And once that, once it's like losing weight, right? My friend, he's like, you know, I tell him, I was like, David, you eat a ton of carbs, man. Now carbs in itself are not bad, but did you know that for every carbohydrate you eat, it retains almost three grams of water. This is why you walk around bloated. This is why you walk around puffy. You eat a hundred carbs. That's 300 grams of water weight. You just put on. You eat a thousand, you know, calorie meal. How many of that is carbs? 40, like 200 grams of carbs or whatever. Let me just do the math, man. Over the week, you're going to look, you're just going to look like, and he's, once you stop that, you remember that Atkins diet back 20 years ago or the, the, uh, hell yeah. you stop eating carbs, you will lose all that weight. People are like, oh, I lost 20 pounds in two weeks. Like, well, it's not fat. It's water is what you're losing. But, but yeah, so so it's a it's a never ending process, man. It's it's like losing weight. Once you see yourself losing the weight, you're more motivated to keep losing weight, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So once you say, "Oh my God, you know what? I was able to, holy crap, I was able to talk myself down from the ledge right there." I mean, the fact that it takes so long is kind of cool too. I mean, what else would you do? Gives you something to do, right? Yeah. But you can figure out, like, holy crap, what the hell did I just do that that, that just helped me right there? You have to. Mm -hmm. If you don't think about that. It's going to keep happening. <laughs> yeah. You're never going to get any yeah. better, man. Yeah. You know, that's so that's, yeah. If that's what I can impart. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks wow. for coming on, Scott. Thanks for hopefully listening. I hope it was, it was, it was good enough for you guys. So hopefully oh, yeah, I'm no. scaring away oh. the people. Like I, I said, every, ask. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I said, 
I'm sorry. I'll just say it. Have you ever been on a podcast before, Scott? No. no. Wow. Okay. Another first timer. Wow. That's what yeah. we love, man. We love it. That's awesome. Yeah. No, you did. You did Listen, very I'd well, love man. To come back on in any other way, shape, or form possible, too, guys. I, I love talking to you guys. You guys are badass. So. Uh, and I listen, man. Listen, I have other military friends that that would love to talk to you guys as well. Um, most likely, yeah, man. you know, these guys are. You know, I have a network of guys from unemployed trying to start their own businesses to you know, again, full bird colonels. And I don't think I have a general, but you know, <laughs> um, to all the generals out there, hit us. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, but, but. Um, but yeah, man, I would love to be back. And and listen, let's set up a time as well, maybe after this podcast over, okay, to talk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, definitely send those so those fellows. Out. We're always looking for more guests, and it, it it makes me feel a lot better when the guest comes to us than us going to the guest because it, it it makes me know it helps me know that you're you're about it. You're. Yeah, you're willing to come on here and talk about something so crazy and so. Open. You know, so, I don't even know. I might be able to get a command. Uh, this there's a I have a, an appointment today with a, a command sergeant major from SOCOM. Um, oh, that's yeah, that's heck? what we did. Yeah. So sure, so he just good. literally he just literally retired like a week or two ago from his job at SOCOM uh, after t retiring from the military. And he he actually got the same exact job as a GS. So <laughs> in to him, bro. Shit, so yeah. so I'll I'll see if he would be. I'll ask him if he would be all right in doing that for you guys. Yeah, no, that would be um, awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'll, uh, I'll at least see if I can have you guys give him a call. So yeah, yeah, no, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Talk to him. I'll yeah. talk to other veterans that I know and and that are that are uh, disabled and and uh, see if they can't give you some some great advice as well so yeah wow. perfect wow. well Bert. again thank you thank you so much uh no even calling you yes or the other day i knew it was going to be a good one so very well i'm a great story i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no that's it's uh yeah, it was perfect yeah. man like i said excited every podcast because the unknown is it excites me the unknown excites me we know yeah yeah, yeah. listen i, I hope you guys become like the new hodge twins yeah, uh, a little, a little bit better though. A little bit yeah. better, a lot better, a lot better. Yeah, but you know, they blew up being patriotic guys, but they're just doing general stuff. They're not even doing a podcast that's really geared yeah. towards the veterans necessarily, and you know, mental, mental, you know, illness. So much, yeah. much less an apolitical one, so to speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is yeah. for a really good cause. Um, and I'll tell you what, I might at some point I would like to start. Um, I was talking to my therapist friend who's not military in any way, but, you know, at some point I would love to start an endowment, uh, raise money, um, you know, uh, a lot of money we're talking, you know, if I could raise up to $10 million, then we could actually hmm. do, we could actually do like an endowment where the proceeds of those funds, which would, you know, maybe at a very, four percent a year of 10 million that's four hundred thousand dollars in the, all over the over the years you know even starting off with a million if you if you invested a, a if you gave just the interest on that basically minus expenses or whatever and you put to start with a million you could probably give away thirty thousand dollars a year towards mental health yeah um, oh. so so you know my goal is to ultimately raise money for exactly this kind of thing, which is why I wanted to come on here. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. We, we so, can design ads though for this show. <laughs> yeah, 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 listen, listen, you know, it, it really takes 
the right the right people in order to yeah. to raise that kind of money. Um, and I'm, I'm I've literally I literally just started building a network of veterans, right? Because I don't want to just be you know another network for veterans. I'm not going to be I'm going to be a like an Angie's list, but a warm Angie's list. Like yeah. I want to be I want to be a guy that knows a, a million veterans personally. And if somebody like you gentlemen say, Scott, you know, do you know anybody? I want to be able to in, introduce you personally to these people. Yeah, that's, that that was a goal of mine through this as well. So yeah. we can we can listen. We can talk about this. We can work on how to get this done. Uh, actually, the colonel I just talked to earlier today is a part of a veteran network that's 78,000 strong. Yeah. I got another meeting with him next week to go over stuff. And I'm actually hooking him up because I might I have a client that, you know, he does other things and investments and things. So I'm actually giving him a referral. So he, you know, he ref he needs, you know, he's obligated to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got it. You owe like me so we'll find out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But listen, if, if we're serious about this and you guys obviously oh, yeah. are, listen, and you guys can help me when it comes to podcasts, man, because I need to start doing podcasts. And if you guys could be a huge help. And again, this is pro bono when I'm talking. I'm not talking about yeah. sales. I'm not a slimy scumbag salesperson. <laughs> I'm talking about, look, one thing our veterans need also on top of mental health is financial health, man. That is one thing that especially enlisted people, officers, I found out, they get financial training in the army right yeah we got like one day as enlisted you don't so, even get yeah but it's dog oh we'll save up six months of expenses and you're gonna be yeah so thanks I, yeah i'm talking about <laughs> really helping that. people create wealth and protect yeah. that wealth right like from the ground up if you yeah. started at 11 years old putting 200 dollars a month into an account by the that was earning let's say i don't know four percent by the time you were 60, you'd be a millionaire. Just $200 a month as an 11 year. Yeah, that's kind of fun. I'm, it, in, I'm in class for that, actually, right now. I'm doing a bunch of those. <laughs> right before this podcast, those are the What are you trying to do? I'm, uh, what, what's explorations in math or something? And that's exactly what I was doing, uh, like interest rates and all those crazy things. Like you need any help, Trevor? Give me a call, man. Um, all right. Sounds yeah, good. Thank dude. you. Dude. And listen, listen, guys. I, listen. I... It takes time, but, you know, you guys, if you guys have this career, you have a path, you know, um, listen, I, I work with a lot of businesses. You guys ever need any any information on business valuation, cash flow? If you guys are doing anything, you let me know. I work with a lot of businesses on on valuations and cash flow and, and risk management and shit like that. And of course, obviously, I'm I'm not going to charge you anything just for time. And this is something that I would love to do to help you guys out mm -hmm. again. I'm not trying to get rich off of you guys uh i don't give a shit about that i make more than enough money doing other things so um you know giving back to you guys and if you know people and we can get a network going of where you guys are helping them and i'm able to help them free of charge of course um because again people the biggest problem people have they're worried that it's going to cost them money to work with me yeah okay or they think they need to be rich. And if they're not veterans, yeah, they probably need to be wealthy, right? Uh, <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I'm not about to do this for anybody because it takes time. But listen, we'll sit down. I want to make sure you guys are highly successful as well. I mean, in and I don't mean that in a sort of condescending way by any means. Um, but you guys have a real opportunity because you're young. You're still young. And you guys can still become 
millionaires, man. It is possible, brother. It really yes. is if you set it up right, right? And I would love to be able to, to give you that motivation and that goal. Like you do this, and this is not a generic thing, dude. We're talking about actual investment strategies and, and a real financial plan for you guys. And again, I'm only doing this because we're, we have this podcast in common and you guys are great guys and I want you to be successful. And especially if you have a family, this is something that you would probably pay maybe anywhere from $500 to $2,000 for. Okay. Well, shit. So thank you. Golly. You're very welcome, brother. No, 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 no. Don't thank me, man. I owe, yeah. I owe you guys. I, I owe you guys. I owe you guys. Yeah. Um, no, well, we'll yeah, talk about you. that. But but I really also want to help. I want to find out what your guys' goals are. And, and we need to keep networking and stay in touch. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's set up a time next week. What, what do you guys got next week that we can meet? We should probably stop recording real quick. Yeah, we'll, we'll end it here. Okay. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you at the next one. We'll leave links down below. Got a couple sponsors coming in, so those will be in the description. Yes, sir. Um, this was a great meeting, by the way. I didn't even realize two hours flew by. Yeah, it goes Dang, every man. time. It goes like every that. But, um, it's awesome. Yeah, shoot us shoot us a review if you can, fellas. Um, that's I guess that's how we get up. I don't know too much about podcasting, but on Spotify and Apple and all that crazy stuff, reviews go the longest way. So we're going to get Thanks there. for tuning in, and uh, yeah, we'll see you at the top. <laughs> <laughs>